Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Today, we got Matt McCarthy zooming in from beautiful Jupiter, South Florida, which I just found out where that is. And Matt is a newer real estate investor who's doing something a lot of people are interested in, and that's investing in tax liens, tax deeds. In other words, tax defaulted properties. And I think Matt has got an exciting story to share because He's he's closed on his first deals. He's turned them around. He's seeing some success and he's excited to move ahead. So Matt, welcome to the show. Great to see you again, my friend. Thanks for having me, Dave. Glad to All be right. Here. So for folks that don't know yet, tell us a little bit about your background, what you've been up to besides real estate investing and what got you, kind of what sparked your interest in this whole thing? So I have a strangely diverse background, undergrad in jazz studies a lot of IT in my background, but I spend most of my day job time now as a management consultant. I focus on things like process improvement, digital transformation, lots of businessy consultancy type things. <laughs> All right. So yeah, that's a big stretch from, from jazz music, that's for sure, but that's cool. So hey, uh, do you still get to play some jazz on the side from time to time? Do you, do you get to tickle itch that scratch from time to time? A little bit, a little bit more of it is in my uh, enjoyment of listening and my memory of it. You'll see my little trumpeter in the background. (laughs) It's interesting. I just bring this up because a good friend of mine, Gord Lemon, who who works with me is a very accomplished real estate investor. And he is also a jazz music. Well, he's a musician with a preference for jazz. And his wife always, his wife's also a musician, but she's got She's more on the country rock and roll side of things. So I, what was the expression she said? Uh, a, a rock musician, somebody who plays three chords to thousands of people. A jazz musician is somebody who plays a thousand chords to three people. Or something. I don't. Know. I love it. I'm going to use that. That's great. <laughs> I can't claim that one. But anyhow, real estate and jazz seems to go hand in hand. So cool. So how did, speaking of real estate, Matt, how did you get, Curious and and interested in real estate investing, coming from your 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 IT type background. Yeah, so I've actually been interested in real estate much longer than I was interested in IT. I recall growing up, keeping an eye on real estate development, watching the building process. I was lived in a very growing town, so I was always uh, keeping an eye out on where the next growth was. Honestly, my involvement in real estate. De- and real estate itself evolved over time and what I was interested in fits and starts in a lot of places and even spent time uh, creating and attempting to grow a real estate development company. Um, went out of business in 2008. You might recall certain events that precipitated yeah. that and got gun shy for a long time. So only recently have I been interested in developing that back again as a source of wealth, as a source of passive income. Well, I don't want to stir up too many painful memories, but can you maybe just kind of give us a, an overview of what happened back pre-08 and mm-hmm. were you up and going or just getting that business going when the crap hit the fan? So I suppose it depends on how you define up and going, but I had four different real estate developments. These were mixed use. So typically retail on the ground floor with 
multifamily and or uh, office space above yeah some of the more trendy mixed use type neighborhoods mm-hmm. i had an architect Florida? who this was actually in northern california okay. at the yeah. time i'm newer to florida Got it. but um had an architect engaged in fact had one of the projects built i had uh two out of the three parcels i needed under contract i had investor interest and lots of verbal we'll call them soft commitments that started drawing up as roughly as we got halfway through 2007 yeah the conversations went from oh that's a great project we'll you know we'll take it aside and take a think about it to that's a great project but we're kind of changing our gears to that's a great project but definitely not now to nobody's considering anything right now it was just this uh, slow progression oh man that is that is heartbreaking so yeah so you went through that kicked the crap out of you financially and emotionally i'm sure i don't blame you for being gun shy for a while after that i mean yeah you were chasing the dream and then it just got pulled out from underneath you halfway through right like that's yeah Very okay so 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 that's 08. How long did it take you to kind of lick those wounds and, and recuperate and start dabbling around? And then at that point, what did you what did you decide to do? I would say it took a good at least 10 years for me to start considering any sort of real estate work. Mm-hmm. I had also lost my entire nest egg. So I was having to start from nothing. Yeah. And wondering, what can I get into? Um, by the time I would get, say, five figures available, the minimums of anybody who's doing a syndicate I was in, interested in would be typically figures. double what I had. <laughs> you got sure, the five, yeah. they want the six, yeah. It, yeah, something yeah. like that every time. Um, so my interest was, well, what can I find that I can get some pretty good growth, even if it's not passive income at this point, but I can get some pretty good growth in my capital Mm. in a shorter period of time with a smaller amount of capital. Right. So you're looking for, looking for something that can give you a quick pop of cash and ideally not be super risky. Right. Okay. So, so being the analytical kind of guy, I think you are, what did that journey of discovery kind of look like and how long did it take you to figure out and dial in on tax lien, tax defaulted properties? So I wish I could say it was that analytical. It was <laughs> much more of a, hmm, what about this? What about that? Yeah. Listening to various, uh, various experts, even tried day trading. I definitely went outside of real estate for some of my possibilities. Mm-hmm. and happened upon part of a mastermind and happened to listen to a speaker who was doing tax liens, tax deeds. In fact, he's kind of the grandfather of good. My, uh, my buddy, Ted Thomas, I'm sure you're talking. He's about. the one. He's yeah. the one. Yeah. I, so I know, uh, I know Ted pretty speak. well. Do you? Yeah. He, um, so listen to him speak and it was ticking the boxes. It was, you can get in for, reasonable amounts of capital there there's always risk to everything but the risk profile is 
moderate and you can definitely get those pops of cash fairly quickly. Mm -hmm. All right. So Ted, well, so Ted talks a lot about tax liens. He talks about tax deeds. Some states are tax lien friendly. Others are tax deeds. Some have some sort of a combination sometimes. Um, what did you decide to focus on within that realm? So which one kind of floats your boat, boat more and what area are you focusing on that? So definitely leaning on the tax deed side of things. Well, that's confusing. Re Le leaning on the tax deeds. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. That's great. Um, yeah, definitely looking at the tax deeds rather than the tax liens. So, so, so for folks that, that aren't really familiar with it, could you just give mm -hmm. us a very brief definition yeah. of a tax deed versus a tax lien? Sure. I'll start with the tax liens. Tax liens are basically a county, for example, selling off or excuse me, not selling off the debt, but getting you to finance the debt left over by this unpaid property tax on a home, on land, commercial property, whatever it so may be. So in, in that case, somebody doesn't pay their property taxes. Mm -hmm. And in order to collect, the county offers a tax lien on their property. So what happens when you buy a tax lien? A tax lien. What sorry. happens what happens is you and this will vary state by state. But primarily, you get an interest. Um, you get interest back on what you put in. Maybe you spent five thousand dollars for this tax lien. Maybe the interest rate is fifteen percent. They vary widely by state. Um, so you may be getting fifteen percent annually until the homeowner pays the back taxes and the interest fees to the county. So right. All right. So basically, tax liens. You're you're looking for a nice consistent return on your investment, but you don't really want to necessarily end up with the property itself. Is that correct? Yes, though in some states you may end up with the property at the end as well, in right. addition to the interest. If if the owner never ends up paying their, their taxes, you'll get the property. All right, so con contrast that with a tax deed. Sure, a tax deed, the county is actually foreclosed on the house. So they have now taken possession, and I'm focusing on houses. So that's where my language goes. This yeah, could be let's, any let's keep it there. Everybody can get their head around that. Yeah. Yeah. So the house has been foreclosed on by the county. The county then takes it to auction, and it's the highest bidder wins in most cases. There are a couple other nuances to that, but the highest bidder wins. Awesome. Well, that sounds and, sounds amazing. Yeah. Um, there's pros and cons. There's, it's not never as easy as it sounds, that's for sure. So how many of these deals have you done so far, Matt? Because I think you and I chatted four or five months ago. You're just kind of getting started with this. So in that mm -hmm. time frame, what's happened? I have done a huge one deal. Okay. Well, actually, you know what? That yes. simplifies things. So it if does. you're open to it, why don't you walk us through that first deal, because I always find these these first deals fascinating. You, you learn so much from them. Yeah. So the first deal, this is a house in Michigan. So I attended a number of online auctions for Michigan counties and bid on several that I lost out on, uh, always making a point of what is my max bid on a given house. Right. Uh, so I'm okay if I lose out. Mm -hmm. But uh, won this house 
It was August 30th and all in $15,000 for a four bedroom house. Wow. Okay. So is now, this, in the, is this in the hood in Detroit? No, this is in the sticks. Pardon, <laughs> you know, for anybody who lives there, I won't identify it, but um, no, it's a small town. Um, we'll say it's a lower economic strata, kind of a depressed area. However, this was also what did I did the math about 18% of what the normal market value would be by square foot. All right. So for, for, for a dunderhead like me that has trouble with nitpicky numbers, basically mm -hmm. what I'm hearing is you got it for 20 cents on the dollar, 18 basically. cents on the dollar to be precise. Is that correct? Right. That's right. All right. And you paid how much for it? $15,000. So basically it was almost a hundred thousand dollar property that you got whatever, $95,000 property that you got for 15 grand, correct? That's it. Nice. All right. Mm -hmm. So you've now, you're now the proud order owner of this tax deed. And now you've got, well, you, you bid on this. Did you get the house right away? Or was there some sort of a process that had to go through? There is a process. Obviously I have to pay for it. You get, depending on the jurisdiction, three to five days, or in some cases, one or cash on the barrel. Uh, I think I had five business days to get it paid for, got it paid for. Mm -hmm. Took about three weeks or so for the deed to actually be recorded. Um, I did it in the name of my LLC. So um, there was a little bit of a process, wasn't too onerous, um, got it done. Nice. That turns out was the easy part. <laughs> All right. And now comes the rest of the story. Then, then what happened? Mm -hmm. So did, did you take well, possession of this vacant or was the, the owner still living at it, kicking and screaming? There was no owner living in it, fortunately. That creates another level of complexity. But before I move too much farther, I will caveat it and say there's a lot of due diligence before ever bidding. So yeah. it you did is, not buy you did not buy this sight unseen, so to speak. You you had yeah, you had done I some didn't due go diligence. on eBay and say, hey, that looks nice, click. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was definitely a lot of research. Okay. So once I got it, um, I knew up front that there was some damage. I knew that there was a hole in the roof. I knew that there was a buckled wood floor. I also knew that there was a ton of trash in it mm -hmm. and personal possessions. So had a clean out company come in. Fortunately, yeah, because you're also... you're in Southern Florida. This yep. is Michigan. It's clear across the country. It's quite mm -hmm. a ways away for you. So yeah, that's it's complicated. Yeah, and I did not leave my desk for this. Nice. Any of it. All I, right, so you hired the cleanup. Michigan. You hired the cleanup company. They went in. Then what? Mm -hmm. Um, they pulled out seventy yards of trash. That is, that means two very large dumpsters of trash and possessions that went away. Uh, fortunately, we were also able to get a hold of the owner's mother, who went through and picked through it and pulled out any valuables or anything that they needed but did that located a contractor slash handyman who could do some minor repairs fix that floor had the roof fixed um had a number of little things a lot of uh, drywall repair a lot of things like that to get the property to where it would actually not look 
be presentable. Impossible. Yeah. yeah. I don't even know about presentable, but at least not look impossible to a buyer. <laughs> so how much how much did that cost you to bring it up to snuff, so to speak? So I'll give you the <laughs> the costs were roughly about twelve thousand dollars, but that included all the utilities, paying property tax while I had possession. So that's all the costs. So you're all in. You're in for twenty seven grand. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Trying to do the math in my head, but well, I'm just doing fifteen grand. plus twelve, twenty seven. Yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Good. Well, you're right. I'm trying to think through the spreadsheet in my head. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And how long did it take to get everything cleaned up and fixed up and kind of ready to go? So the fix-up process actually got dragged out. Part of it is due to winter in Michigan. Yeah. Part of it was just due to lack of available labor in that part of Michigan. Um, the person I had ended up spreading out the work due to taking other jobs and so on. Yeah. And there was, I had already listed it by... January. So I got it on the market early and was willing to sell it in the state it was in at any given time. Okay. But we continued to do improvements, oh, okay. things that'll anything that we can notch up to make it a little bit better, getting new pictures in the listing as we went. Nice. Nice. And so when when did it get sold and for how much? Sold it for 433 and it is actually closing escrow on Friday. Congratulations. Thank so you. what what's your best guess? Because there's expenses getting it sold. You got realtor fees and stuff like that, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. So what's your and, and legal fees and what have you? What's your best guess when everything clears what you're going to net out of this deal? Yeah, my cash out of the deal after all expenses should be right around fifteen thousand. So well, that's, effectively, that's not too that's not too shabby for a twenty seven thousand dollar investment mm -hmm. to net out. You know, you get your twenty seven grand back plus fifteen grand profit in what we'll say eight nine months. Eight nine months. Yeah. All right. Yep. So how are you feeling about the whole the whole experience at this point, Matt? Is this is a much more positive experience than what happened in two thousand and seven? That's for sure. Wildly, wildly. Um, I am, I am by nature a critic, so I am both ecstatic and disappointed at the same time. Really? In okay. My, what are you, What are you disappointed about? In my head, I went into it thinking I should be able to turn this in two to three months, hmm. and I should be able to get a hundred percent ROI. Okay. You I know what this. It. This is so interesting because this is kind of. <laughs> after like yourself being, being around the block a few times, my philosophy about things is I, I look at them kind of like you did. And I, I say, okay, if this takes twice as long as I think it's going to take and is half as profitable as I think it is going to be, is it still a good deal? And if the answer is yes, then I'm still feeling pretty good about it. And it looks like that's, kind of how it turned out for you would would that be i would absolutely say so yeah uh, honestly so I'll, i think i told you i do have a partner in on this yeah no you didn't, you didn't mention that so 
Okay. I, he and I both put in the capital. I did all the work. Um, but he is over the moon. This to him was a proof of concept. Let's see if this works. And we are both super excited that it, as you said, it's done. It's profitable. I mean, that I think the numbers are coming out at 55% ROI. Mm -hmm. Super happy with that in well under a year. Yeah. And well, that is very good. So, so for this, with this partner for proof of concept, I'm vaguely remembering us having a conversation months ago, but uh, yeah. Are, are you splitting the profits 50, 50 as well? Yes and no. So we structured it since I am doing the work, I will take a consulting fee okay. out of it. Yeah. And then the remainder we split 50, 50. Smart. So we have an equal partnership. Smart. And Yeah. And since I have a consulting business, I can run it right through my consulting business. And legitimately Perfect. slow because you, you know, you've gone, you've gotten the education, you've invested in yourself. It's a, it is your business, analyzing the deal, looking for the deal, attending the auction, making the bids. Because here's the thing, here's what people don't realize, Matt, is how many frogs you had to kiss before you found this prince, so to speak. And how many, not even frogs you had to kiss, how many frogs you had to look at just mm -hmm. to kind of figure out which ones to focus on. So maybe kind of, because for some people always think tax liens and tax deeds, well, it's just, it's a piece of cake. Then you just go to the auction and you look at all this stuff and you, you, you make bids, but no, there's a lot of due diligence that goes in ahead of time. So what's your best guess on how much time and effort you put into before you even successfully got this bid? So to quantify it, shoot, I probably evaluated 80 different properties across different counties. Yeah. I would say each one I spent anywhere from 15 to 60 minutes on some you can just cross off. So let's you know, say let's number. say it's an hour. Yeah. And so I probably spent 20 to 25 hours just do researching properties. Okay. So the problem is if you divide up my consulting fee to an well, hour, well, hourly we, rate. We can't, we can't do that, right? Because uh, we have, we have well, to, yeah. because that's part of your learning experience as well. And then Absolutely. moving ahead, now yep. that you got this one under your belt and you've gone through the whole process, future deals theoretically should be a little bit easier or simpler to to get going still have to do the I, due diligence for sure but you yeah. won't be as nervous about the process itself absolutely i think i'll still spend just as much time on due diligence oh, i sure, think yeah. it's the right thing to do yeah. but yeah i'll be able to where i expect to be able to tighten things up are the time from acquisition to sale my target it, which is reasonable. I don't know if it's realistic, but my target is two months in and out. Um, it's going to depend on, on weather as well, right? If you're focusing on Michigan, again, winter can put a kibosh on things. But yeah, I get, I hear what you mean. Yep, yep. So that's one place I can tighten up. I also want to do less of the uh, repair. Hmm. It's only what I, I want to do the minimum so that investor can say, I can work with this. So it's typically clean out and securing the home. Okay, so you wanna flip these deals to flippers. Is, you, is that pretty much what you wanna do? Is that the idea? I think ideally, 
or it's going to be a contractor who wants it for their own home. Okay. But more likely this than not, a, probably a flipper. Agree. Yeah. Very much. Um, we could go through the whole process and do a flip. And it's not going to be that much more profitable for us. It'll be a hell of a lot, lot more longer. stressful. I know. Oh, well, yeah. it sounds like you're a good student of Ted's because that's his famous motto is, you know, buy low, sell low, just not fast. as low. <laughs> yes, buy yeah, low, sell low, buy low, fast. sell low, fast is his exactly. five words. Exactly. All right. That, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, cool. So moving ahead, what are your plans going forward, Matt? What, what would you, if you could raise rave, the realistic magic wand, what would you like to do? Scale. So let me, what does that let mean? me elaborate. Yeah. Uh, one thing that means is more capital to work with. And we are actually in the process of adding equity partners. Mm -hmm. So we have one committed three that are roughly 90% committed and one that's 50, 50 at this point. So we should be able to triple the capital we're working with. So who's which we? Means my partner and I can triple the capital that we're working with. We are, yes, we are dividing it among six people. So we are going to have the same amount of equity each. Mm -hmm. What that means is we can work more deals at a given time and or work on higher uh, value deals. Benefit to a higher value deal is those generally have a better profit margin because there's fewer bidders and most of the people going in are people that have, you know, 10, 20, 30 grand available. Right. What can I do if I have 90, a hundred or more mm -hmm. available? It's a much smaller uh, set of competition. Very good. Very interesting. So let me ask you this. You're, you're going to be doing this with your partner. How are you dividing responsibilities? What sounds like, sounds like you're the boots on the ground, so to speak, kind of guy. What mm -hmm. does your, what value does your partner bring to the table? He's a cheerleader. Here's the, he's the cheerleader. What does that mean? <laughs> Meaning, so he is bringing three out of the um, his ninety percent uh, committed partners are his. Okay. hundred percent is mine, and the wild card. Well, that's not worth worrying about. But he's bringing in additional investors. I'm still happy being the boots on the ground, do the work guy. And we've created a consulting structure so that my earnings are going to slide based on the value of the deal. What's mm -hmm. the net profit by the end? So what's in it for me? Mm -hmm. Larger deals for my consulting Yeah, well, firm. he's, he's, he's well, helping to raise capital. At, at this point, at, he's, he's- Absolutely. Got it. All right, that makes sense. Okay, very cool. So scaling, moving ahead. That's exciting. Uh, what do you see being some of the issues or challenges that you might be facing? So one of the things that I'll face, this is less capital related and more calendar related, is the options tend to be focused around certain periods of time. We're going to be closing this financing hopefully by the end of May. The Michigan auctions don't start until August. I would like to put that capital use in between, but there are fewer auctions to pick from. Um, means more state research, understanding the state laws. And since there are a number in different states, where do I focus? 
So being able to narrow that down is one key that I need to uh, overcome. Um, or I can just opt to wait until Michigan and I can probably land two or three properties in that process. My gut tells me the latter for, for this year. Mm -hmm. For, you know, you've, you've got proof of concept. Um, you know that market pretty well. If I were you, I, I would be a little bit patient with this one this year and do your homework around the other ones, but don't be in a panic mm -hmm. to get invested in them, but just kind of figure out, okay, for next year, here's where, you know, once we get these deals done with these investors and they turn them into raving fans and, and, and they're ready to reinvest and we bring on more capital. Okay. Next year, we're poised to focus on two or three or four different markets so that we can spread out the capital uh, over time better. Does that make sense? Yeah. That, yeah that's my definitely. gut feeling. Yeah. Because just you, you and your, your partner have this one deal under your belt and you've had success with that. I would replicate that a couple of times to number one, get even more confidence under your belt. And number two, turn those new investors into real advocates, just real, just like this guy is right now that you've got the proof of concept with him. It's providing mm -hmm. that proof of concept for these three or four other newer investors that are coming on board with you so that, you know, after they've gotten the return on investment is pretty much, Hey Matt, whatever you do, we want to be part of it. They won't really care where you're doing it. Uh, as long as they're, they'll be investing in you not so much in the deal itself. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That would also cool, give cool. me a nice little break. <laughs> well, like I say, it doesn't hurt to treat it as a learning exercise and you can still attend the other auctions and kind of feel out what the commonalities are, what the differences are with these different places. So you get a good feel for them. You just don't have to press go on any of the, on any of the, the auctions, but I would still... I would still go through the exercise of researching some of them, figuring out which which markets you want to focus on, get an idea of the properties and the the areas, just like you did in Michigan, but in mm -hmm. these other these other counties or these other states that you're going to be investing in. Yeah, yeah, specifically Florida would be helpful. Well, that'd be that'd be a little closer to home. Not that you need to leave your desk for this. That's one of the things I love about that business. Uh, I know. I, I introduced Ted to a number of uh, Canadian students that, that came on board because we do not have the same thing up here. It's a very, mm. very different situation. So uh, <laughs> years ago, we had Ted come up and do a whole tour up here in Canada. And man, um, yeah, some of I'm sure some of the success stories that you saw from Ted were Canadians investing in, in tax liens and tax deeds down in the States. And that's a beautiful thing, just like you. They never had to leave their desk. That's right. That's yeah. right. But it is it is something that you really, really, like you said, you can't be slipshod about this. You have to do your due diligence. You have to do the research. You have to be prepared to lose out, not get emotional, and lose out on a number of deals to other people who just overbid for them. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that, that was so wise what you said is just, I know what my maximum bid was and I was willing to walk away once it went beyond that. I was just done. So it sounds like 
you really removed all emotion from the process. Won't say all of it, but a lot of it. <laughs> Enough. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I would imagine it kind of is one of those things when you've just you've spent hours researching all these different properties and you're excited mm-hmm. to hopefully get a few of them under your belt and they get taken out from under you. But good mm-hmm. on you for holding out. Excellent, Matt. Well, as as time wraps up for our time here today, if people want to connect with you and find out more about what you're up to with tax deeds, where can they go or what should they do? So they can go to two places. One is my website. It's questful.life. Or I don't mind if people email me. They can email me at matt at questful.life. Very good. Well, Matt, congratulations on this first deal done. And closing on it and cashing out on it in in the very, very near future. And I wish you much continued success. I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. All right, everybody, take care. And we'll see you on the next episode.